재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵. Michelle Kang is here once again to talk about Koreanisms, those little quirks, traits, things that make Koreans perhaps a bit different from the rest of the world. Sometimes a bit weird and definitely a little bit special. Michelle, good morning. Good morning, Kurt. This is Buddha's birthday, yes. so to speak. Mm-hmm. Or at least it's what we've all agreed that we're going to celebrate, the fact sure. that uh, Buddha arrived. It's, um, it, it's actually kind of Buddha's arrival day in Korean, right? Mm-hmm. That's What's right. What's the phrase? Uh, there are two versions. One mm. is 석가탄신일, totally Chinese letters. Uh-huh. Uh, and the other way is uh, 부처님 오신 날. That's the one I'm more familiar with. Mm. I'm not really familiar with the sort of Chinese um, setup. Mm-hmm. So uh, Buddhism is big in Korea, needless yeah, to say. Sure. This is a, a day off for everybody, um, you know, to, to have the status of a red day uh, as a quote unquote religious holiday. Mm. Um, there have to be like a lot of followers of Buddhism. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Second biggest religion? In the country? In the country. At the moment, I think so. After Christianity, yeah. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. So, uh, that's right. Buddhism has been the main religion in Korea for so long time. And do you know the difference between Buddhism here in Korea and uh, in other Asian countries? Not in granular detail. I mm-hmm. mean, I know there are like at least... Two or three big splits of Buddhism in terms of schools, right? Right. Tibetan Buddhism and Theravadan Buddhism, uh-huh. and then this. What we've got here in Korea is slightly closer to Zen Buddhism. Would I? Would I be? Sort That's of, right. Uh, the proper pronunciation. Would be san, san exactly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. right, right. So that's one of the things. But uh, I'm not just going to give you a history lesson, like long history of this. Buddhism. I think we'd be here for <laughs> several decades if I was going to try to understand the fundamental. Sure, right. But Buddhism actually was introduced to Korea from China, and it's uh, developed through over 1,600 years. And uh, when it was first introduced, Buddhism. Uh, blended very well in with Korea's indigenous religion, so to speak, shamanism. And then later, uh, it affected the uh, political and the cultural structures of the three kingdoms of Korea. Mm. And later, uh, it bloomed in the unified Silla dynasty and Goryeo dynasty. So that's why you can see all these greatest Buddhist relics we cherish today were uh, all made from this period of time. Baekje, if I'm not mistaken, that was the one that was sort of Buddhist as a almost like a state religion kind of thing, or am I wrong? Oh, uh, that's right. Baekje uh, was the one, the dynasty that introduced Buddhism to Japan. Okay, mm-hmm. kind of started exporting and... yeah. Proselytizing, if you can say that about Buddhism. Right. Mm. Um, so you would know Bulguksa Temple or Sakuram and Tripitaka Koreana or Palman Dejanggyeong, mm. which is the complete collection of Buddhist scriptures carved on over 80,000 wood blocks. And then there's, what do they call it? Uh, Jikji? Oh, the other one. Well, no, no. This one is Palman Dejanggyeong. I'm just thinking of that famous uh, text that the French are holding on to. That itself is a Buddhist text, which is an example of the the, the woodblock writing that Mm -hmm. you're talking about. That's right. So I like to just point out what's behind this creation of the Tripitaka Koreana or Palman Dejanggyeong. The leaders of Korea wanted to protect the kingdom from the Mongol invasions through Buddha's power. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I've never I've never heard of 
Buddha's power as being sort of a, an invasion bulwark before, but here we have it uh, yeah. in Korean history. Yes, that's right. So it took 16 years to complete the entire set. Uh, but you would know compassion and mercy or love towards living creatures. These are sort of basic tenets of Korean Buddhism sure. or general Buddhism. But Korean Buddhism is also based on a hokuk. Mm. spirit or hoguk philosophy which means country protection so you protect the country with buddhism so yeah historically korea has suffered from foreign invasions and oftentimes the fate of the dynasty um, highly depended on the result of one battle and the concept of this uh, protecting the country or dynasty was developed as a buddhist philosophy interesting Mm -hmm. kind of a talisman in a way you know like a protective yeah, that's true. And one, the other thing is, you know, um, I just talked about these three kingdoms and uh, unified Shilla and Korea. But during the uh, Joseon dynasty, Buddhism was severely suppressed yeah. because of the uh, neo-Confucianism. So uh, you would think there would be no Buddhist whatsoever during the Joseon dynasty. But despite strong suppression, Sun Buddhism continued to thrive and uh, Buddhist monks even volunteered to fight for their country against foreign forces, including Japan. Hmm. So they were basically soldiers. It's interesting. That's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a little bit difficult to conceive, yeah. you know, of a Buddhist monk being a, a, a voluntary soldier in, mm. in just about anything. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in, the, in a modern conception of what a Buddhist monk is, I mm-hmm. guess things were different uh, in ancient history. Right. So, I mean, any religious group or faith group has the power to create sort of a coherence and to inspire certain attitudes among followers. Um, so you surely must have had figures like that in the, the sort of annals of history. Sure. We can go through a couple of those, maybe? Uh, that's right. Probably we know Won Hyo, the great monk, uh, big name in Korean history. But I'd like to just uh, talk about some of the uh, respected monks or nuns in the modern Korean society. Mm-hmm. I think Pop Jung Sinim would be the name that uh, should be um, mentioned. He passed away about eight years ago, but he's still remembered by many Koreans as a respected monk. Mm. Have you heard of his name, Pop Jung Sinim? Or yeah, Pop it's familiar. Jung? Yeah. Uh, he was much respected monk and a renowned writer as well. So he's famous for his without possession uh, philosophy. And there's a book. His book was a, a top-selling essay, of course, with the same name, without possession, or in Korean, musoyu. <clears throat> it's a very common Buddhist idea that you you don't own your possessions. Your yeah. possessions own you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he lived a very frugal life and a secluded life in Gilsangsa Temple, teaching the virtue of possessing nothing through his book, a collection of 35 short essays. Um, this message, living without possessions, brought comfort to many Koreans. You would know Koreans are super busy chasing earthly desires. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he rejected any material position or fame, but he spared no efforts to help people in need, and uh, he pushed for reconciliation in society. It's interesting that, you know, Buddhism is so big in such a, if I can generalize, a materialistic country as Korea and such Mm -hmm. an ambitious country. And now that's come around full circle where you've got uh, a couple of... um, 
kind of Buddhist celebrities. Mm-hmm. Uh, h e m i n Sunim, for ah, example. Right. You know, he's got a bestseller. It's a bestseller in a bunch of countries, isn't mm-hmm. it? And also here. Uh, the English title, I don't know, do you know the Korean title? The English title is Things You Only See When You Slow Down. Uh, oh, nice. Mm. Um, I've been trying like crazy to get him on this program. Yeah. Yeah, but oh. he's so busy. Uh, so that's sort of an antidote to uh, whatever craziness most Koreans subscribe to. And frankly, most people in the Western industrialized uh, yes. world. Yes, yes, that's right. h e m i n s name, of course. Um, he became a sensation with very short Um, what, messages? Tweets. Yeah, that's right. He's the monk who tweets. You know, it's like almost like a sutra. 140 characters is just about long enough, especially in Korean, mm-hmm. for a sutra or right, a right. koan or whatever it is you want to put out, a nugget of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And he also communicates with other people on the uh, most popular messaging app as yeah. well, right? Cool. So, mm-hmm. so he also uh, published a couple of books, but one of them is... Just we mentioned uh, things you can see only when you slow down. A lot of good uh, wisdom. You yeah, know? it's kind of right. refried for a modern audience to mm. be able to consume it easily. But the truth is, most of that stuff has been out there for hundreds, if not thousands, of years. That's right. How old is Buddha now? Two thousand five hundred something. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So it's been out there, <laughs> but it's good when um, a monk can reprocess it and make sure. it accessible. Right. And then if you were a fan of uh, this uh, American documentary uh, series, Chef's Table. Oh, sure. Sure. You would know the Buddhist nun, Tongguan. Tongguan s n i m She's probably the most well-known nun at the moment. She's like the idol in the Buddhist um, community, yeah. I think. Yeah, no, fr- uh, some friends have done profiles of her, uh, you know, freelance journalists and stuff. She's the cook. Sure, she's the cook. Uh, But uh, she is introduced as philosopher chef um, in the New York York Times. And she never attended a culinary school. She um, never cooks for... She doesn't have a restaurant. She doesn't have any cookbook. But she just cooks for her community of nuns at Pegangsa Temple. Um, And then she refers to her garden as her playground and to the plants or vegetables as her children. Yeah. Yeah. That would be the perfect sort of environment for somebody to be mindful, right, is growing your own food and then Mm -hmm. preparing. There's so much uh, sort of small labor to do that you could just immerse yourself in it. Yeah. Buddhism has specific rules for um, food and cooking, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. You can't have spicy stuff. Sure. Do they let you have garlic and onions? Uh, As far as I know, there are five um, very strong flavored uh, spices they cannot really eat or uh, Get you too excited, right? Get your mind off the present moment. Maybe they get uh, distracted from their meditation. (laughs) I think that's right. Mm -hmm. I think there's also sort of that Chinese concept of overheating the body, right? Ah, that's right. I think Hinduism does a lot of that too, Mm -hmm. where you can't have hot peppers during certain religious festivals and whatnot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, she is uh, another one of the sort of... uh, Buddhist celebrities, right? Yeah, that's right. So she, um, her watching her cooking or tasting her food, it could be a mental or physical clarity or meditation as well, right? Mm -hmm. That would be a perfect pursuit for somebody to be mindful. Although in the Western sense, being a cook or a chef is a pressure cooker, Mm -hmm. you know, constantly in the weeds kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And we can also trace the influences of Buddhism in our daily lives. Uh, There are some examples of 
the uh, Buddhist terms we use every day, but not many Koreans actually know about this. Really? Mm-hmm. So let's uh, start with 점심 or lunch. In 점심 Korean. is a Buddhist yes. concept? Mm-hmm. What does that break down to? Well, 점심 originally means marking or putting a dot in one's heart. Really? Yes. Isn't that poetic? I know. I never knew that. Mm. Huh. So 점 is a spot or a dot in Korean, right? Uh-huh. 심 is a heart. So when What you... kind of dot is it? A dot of food. <laughs> a dot food. Okay, right. I get it. So oh, literally. That's know. right, right. So when you're too hungry, like we just talked about all these like spices, you cannot really uh, focus on your meditation. So monks ate small, usually really, really light snacks to stay focused between meals. And uh, this term, tamshim, was used to describe this behavior, like eating some snacks or the specific food they eat. And then it is uh, changed to what it is today. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? And then another word is yadan popsok. That's also a commonly used um, term. It means making a fuss. And yadan means outdoor altar and popsok is a site where Buddha's teachings are spread. So when there are so many people gathered to listen to Buddha's teachings, uh, okay. the, the, the indoor uh, lecture hall cannot yeah. really have all these people. All right. Mm. It's sort of like the rumble of a crowd kind of thing. Yadam mm-hmm. popsok and chomshim shiksa. I'm going to remember that. Mm-hmm. I did not realize that was Buddhist derived. Koreanisms. Michelle, thank you for another edition. I'll see you again soon. Thank you for having me.